0: Our next guests are the co hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's some big show. Good afternoon. How you doing? Is everybody ready? It's Thursday, Thursday. Happy Thursday. Let's get rolling. This is the big show on 975 1280 the Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Good afternoon. How you doing?
1: Was that how we're going to start the show now? I see how it is. Welcome on in. The Big Show 975 and 1280 the Zone. Gordon uh, Monson, Jake Scott. We're live from the Utah Jazz. We're live from the We're live from the Utah Jazz team store. Right out here in front of Vivint Smart Home Arena. It's their sidewalk sale, Gordon, going on that runs uh, through tomorrow right here from uh, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Come check out the clearance pricing up to 80% off marked items, including $5 shirts, $8 hats, and much, much more. Plus, you get to come by and uh, and see us. Uh, Gordon Monson. Gordon, I, I'll tell you what. I, I get it. We kid we uh you know we make mistakes and we laugh at them you know we're on the air for a lot of a lot of time stuff is bound to happen at no point did i think that i would come back to salt lake city today and be ridiculed for my positive attitude and welcoming nature
2: gee hi jake how are you how are you doing today
1: jake good afternoon how are you doing I was better than I was better before I listened to Hanson Scotty and before Austin started playing those clips. Gee Willikers, how are you today? I was enthusiastic. I was in a good mood. It's fun. Pac twelve Media Day is fun. It's it's grind. We did thirty five interviews and thanks to whoever strung together all of my interviews. How are you this fine interview. day? Appreciate that. <laughs> but what's well, the matter with the being thing. a, a good natured person who's in a good mood? Here's the thing. I used to know this by now.
2: Miserable people like to drag happy people down.
1: Thank you, Gordon. I couldn't agree more. Absolutely.
2: Now, how would you classify... Where Where would you put Lloyd on the misery index?
1: A scale of, say, 0 to 10? Uh-huh. A minus 2. Uh.
2: Okay. Well, I'm... Just take that into
1: consideration. Just a miserable creature. You, so, know, right. so, you know what? I feel better after hearing that. Thank you. So he's just trying to bring you down. That's all. Dang. Well, Austin, so that's that's real- <laughs> You
2: were saying? Austin, you know that that's all. You're a fine, finely turned fighty stupid. <laughs> right down the
3: line. What was that about miserable people? I don't know.
2: See, it's one thing. When when you know it's not true and you say it just jokingly, but I got the feeling today that that Lloyd was really going. He was, he was hey, angry what? at you. Why are we so worried. sure
3: it's Lloyd? Just I'm just asking. Well, just
2: because. Well, who else Lloyd. would it be? I don't know.
3: There were
2: a there lot were like of Boston. nineteen of us here yesterday. There's a lot of producers Austin? in the studio. Are you studio saying yesterday? that perhaps
3: you had uh, some hands? I'm not in hand? saying I didn't or did or not or may have. But no, I maybe yes, no. Great. The whole station's...
2: A Speaking of miserable, I heard this start of uh, uh, Austin and Tony today, and Austin was going on and on about how much he hated his job. What's up, how man? Much, how are you? How much work he had to do yesterday and how miserable it was. He was he was on that misery index. He was, I said, blowing it right out of the water. He just having to do all this stupid
1: football stuff. Uh-huh. Really? It was that bad, huh? No, it's well. I heard. Or it was that negative, I suppose. Austin, was yesterday that bad?
3: I was simply trying to share with people. Everyone has <laughs> a part or a day of their job that they dislike, and mine are National Letter of Intent Day and Media Days. That's I don't know what to tell you. It's, it's 15 hours of, hey, sit right down here. How you doing? Okay, how about your offense? How about your defense? What do you think of the Utes? All right, good to see you. So, while you were being all pleasant and upbeat – See,
2: Austin at the studio, being miserable, being grumpy, and so right. people who are like that like to drag uh, us happy folk down.
1: I got to tell you though, I mean, and you can actually hear it in that ridiculous reel that they put put together. By the time we got to Herm Edwards, you the were our, uh, our last you? Can interview. Can we get this over with. <laughs> <Our> last <laughs> interview of the day. It was like, oh, I am just out of gas. It's it's kind of a long day for everybody, but it is one of those uh, unique. Fun days to be down there. I won't speak for Austin because I know it's, uh, it's a little bit different on the back end. But Coach, it's great fun. to see you. How are you? It is fun to see everybody. Uh, everybody's in a good mood down there because nobody's lost a game yet. Uh, a lot of times it's it's pretty special for most of the players because they get the attention on them for an entire day. And, and it's obvious some of them like talking more than others, and some of them are a little bit more, uh, you know. So how's your offense going to be?
2: The, I don't even know who those guys are. I don't pay much attention to them.
1: They'll, I don't get headlines. I do. For the record, I, I'm fine with hands asking offensive line questions. And you know the offensive line is very important. But I felt like I needed to lash out there because I, I got defensive.
2: Well, I'm doing hey, fantastic. How are you? Can I give you just a little bit public service announce, announcement here? When people tease you, it means they like you. At least that's <laughs> the way I've chosen. That's chose, what you want us to you. think.
1: Yeah. <laughs> because... Uh, Who gets more of that than just about anybody? On the stage, We tease you a lot. We do. And so, it is because we love you. So I don't know no, I, no, 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 if that's true or I not, get it. but I
2: think that's you got to look at it that way.
1: Certainly true in my mind. I, I will tell you, I was extremely proud of myself for not messing up one name. I know. I, I heard you compliment yourself. Even Cole Cabral. And I had to ask him right before he sat down. Because I'm like Hans, I'm not completely familiar with the inner workings of Arizona State's offensive line. So I had to ask him. He sat down, and I, I thought, like, I got it right. All right. I felt like I got it right. Let me ask you this. Did it feel like
2: football? Oh, yeah. Did it feel like football? Because if it felt like football, then everybody is feeling good about that alongside you. You know, because it's we love the summer here. It's terrific. A lot of action going on with the jazz and the moves they've made and now the anticipation and all the stuff. that You know, the weather is terrific. Beautiful. People get a chance to spend time around the, the grill and with people they care about, and it's it just feels good. But when football starts getting to talk about, it, it, you know, you get itchy for the fall, and that's, that's where we are. I mean, camps open. NFL camps are already open, and and uh, when does Utah
1: report Tuesday? A week from today, I believe. Is that what it is? Or maybe they have picture day on Wednesday and then uh, get to it on Thursday. I think that's how it goes. Yeah,
2: BYU too. Utah State, everybody's getting amped up to get going now. And I imagine most of the players are doing everything they can to rest this weekend because it's going
1: to get it's going to get serious. Thereafter. I'm pretty excited on today's show to crunch through some of the the details that came out during yesterday's media day. It's kind of hard to do it while it's going on because everything is coming and right. you have kind of got wall-to-wall interviews. I thought Zach Moss in particular said something that really stood out to me, which we'll get to uh, coming up in the split story of the day. But I, I came away with a lot of impressions that uh, that I'm anxious to share. Well, why don't we We're eager to yeah, share? Why don't we? Yeah, yeah. Why don't we get going with that? Because uh, I, I got a bunch of questions for
2: you. Awesome. I mean, you guys covered a lot and you uh, represented that on the air, but uh, I think our listeners want to know uh, inside impressions of, uh,
1: of what you took away. So let's get going. Uh, also, I want to tease this. Joining us at the top of the four o'clock hour, the one person out there that accuses me of not being friendly, Frank Dolce, will be on the show.
2: Well, that's because you're kind of underhanded and mean to him behind the scenes. How are
1: you this fine day? I'm not underhanded and mean to him behind the stage. You do everything you can to help him fail? That's far from true. I made a soccer joke one time, and now he accuses me of being mean. (laughs) I'll never forget. So we'll talk to Frank forget. at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. But, yeah, let's get to it. Let's talk a little uh, Pac-12 media days. It's time for the split story of the day. Austin, if you please.
0: Two guys. Two topics. Two opinions. You talk. give me two. This is the split story of the day on ninety-seven-five, twelve-eighty, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network.
2: So, Bradley, I see uh, you took a photo with the Pac-12 championship trophy. I actually oh yeah. retweeted this thing. Yeah. and you're standing next to it and you said this would look real good at the home of the Utes how much does that trophy mean to you and what does it mean to be picked first
3: it means
1: a lot and I think the Utes and their fans are fans we uh, we deserve it and you know, it, it's, it belongs in Salt Lake after this year and I, I do believe that and I believe this team has all the um, instruments in order to do so. That was Bradley and I yesterday at Pac-12 Media Day. Is he, like, playing
2: in the marching band or something? He got all the instruments necessary?
1: Well, I think That's just an interesting way to say it. I mean, it I is. Was waiting
2: for the tuba section.
1: <laughs> I thought he talked about how, as a program, they've really been building for this year. And I, I think he's right on the money because, I mean, think he, even think back to a decision like benching Troy Williams, and putting in a young Tyler Huntley to get experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the, the, and one luxury that Coach Witt has, and, and really the Utah coaching staff, is he's got job security. So he could afford, uh, and uh, particularly at that time, to look down the road a little bit and to make plans and see when he's going to have a lot of returning starters and the talent that he had. And it seems like it's building towards this upcoming year. And and Utah got a lot of love yesterday. There's... there's Everybody in the conference, and I feel comfortable saying that, thinks very highly about what Utah has the capability to do. What's
2: positive about that is I heard similar whispers a couple of years ago that they were building for that year. Yep. So it tells you that there is, you know, the old cliche about reloading and whatnot. Well, it's not really like that with the Utah. I'm not sure they reload, but they develop. They bring in, they develop. And the guys who are underclassmen are learning from the guys that are in front of them and and Kyle Whittingham has done a really fine job of that. The Utes are good, man. The program is good. It is solid right now. And uh, that was reflected in
1: the vote yesterday. Now I want to play one clip from Zach Moss. And I want to get your thoughts on it because I thought it was it was really good news for Ute fans out there. And I thought it was really telling about what they can expect from him in the offense this upcoming year. So let's play this.
2: So you've got uh, the third offensive coordinator here in Ludwig as you go into your senior year. Mm. What has he told you about what to expect in your game this season? Uh, personally, he hasn't really told me much. Um, I mean, we expect to run the ball at least 65% of the time this year. I think... It's no more me asking my coach to go ask, <laughs> can we get 20 carries a night or what are we looking at here? Are we throwing 45 passes a night? It's going to be you're getting 30 touches a night. I mean, accumulate the runs and the pass catching out of the backfield this year. It's going to be a lot of touches, going to be a lot of uh, playmaking in our backfield, not just from myself, but from our running back group. And um, our wideouts are going to do a very, very good job as well.
1: That stood out to me so much. First of all, I thought it was funny. He's like, well, he hasn't told me much except for, well. I'm going to get the ball. We're going to run the ball 65% of the time. How about that 65%? The the, uh, the specificity of it really stood out to me. And that he's been told he is going to get the ball a lot. And then the other thing that stood out to me was he doesn't have to complain anymore to his coach to complain to the coordinator to give him the ball. Mm -hmm. I mean, didn't that didn't that just scream what happened at the beginning of last year yes where inexplicably he was not getting the touches he was not getting the carries i'm sure he was going to his coach going what's going on go tell troy taylor that i'm gonna get you some wins but i can't do that when i don't have the ball you need to give me the ball but i i thought the most telling thing about that is utah is going to be a run team under andy ludwig and 65 percent is a lot they're gonna run 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 and that's absolutely what they should be doing they're
2: gonna run but it's not uh, to diminish the role that tyler huntley's gonna play because it's going to it's going to put an absolute premium on him completing passes that uh that when the run game falls short i mean on those third third and fours you know he's got to make to sustain drives obviously you got to complete those passes so he's going to have to really be on his game from that standpoint I think it's a fallacy that uh, the quarterbacks who throw every down are you know so important I think they're just as important on a running team where those plays have to be made to sustain important drives and I think that's going to be the case this time around and maybe Tyler Huntley will do some of that by running the football as well
1: um, I agree with you and just to, just to back you up on what you're talking about Andrew Luck was the quarterback on a run team Pretty good when he was at Stanford. Alex Smith was the quarterback for a run team when his, he was at Utah. Went pretty well. So I think that uh, I think that they're going to run the ball a lot. But I agree with you that doesn't take the focus off of Tyler Huntley. But I don't think Tyler Huntley is the most important player to this offense. I think it's going to be Zach, uh, it's going to be Zach Moss. And what what an unbelievable concept! Give the ball to your all, all your all conference back. Yeah, it's, Wait, not- it's it- what. I mean, that. why the beginning of last year was just so bizarre. Because they just didn't play into their strengths. And I think Utah needs to play into their strengths. Well, the big ends up front got to do
2: their job. You know? I agree. but you, as, as good as Zach Moss is, he's not going to pick up yardage if the holes aren't there.
1: And they have a deep stable of running backs, and, including this freshman that they're bringing in this year. I, I just think... They have the ability to recruit Zach Mosses and not necessarily the ability to recruit Nikhil Harrys. And so you want to protect the defense. That's going to be the case with with Kyle Whittingham while he's here. Well, get an offense that protects the defense and get an offense that highlights your strengths. And I think that's what Andy Andy Ludwig's going to do. Yeah,
2: but I don't think it really has to be so categorical as what you're making it. I, I think there's nothing wrong with opening up the offense at times. And I think this team will be capable of doing that. I get what you're saying, but this will not be USC student body right. I, I from from John McKay's day. I, I think this will. I think it'll be a more more varied than that. I, I think it'll be a little more balanced than that. Whether it's 65 percent run or 60 or 55, I mean, I'm not sure it really matters as long as you're getting the ball to the right people, you're getting the ball to the playmakers. I well, I think it. I think it does matter, but
1: that's why. We- no, no,
2: but what you're talking about is what happened a year ago uh, when Troy Taylor was flinging the ball when he should have been running it and running the ball when he should have been throwing it. I mean, there were times when it
1: was just, it was kind of ridiculous. Well, I mean, you look at some of those games. I, I should pull out the stats, but, I mean, remember against, uh, uh, what was it, uh, Northern Illinois? When Zach Moss touched the ball like eleven times or something ridiculous, and it's like when they hired Troy Taylor, and he said he was going to bring this Eastern Washington air raid esque uh, offense to Utah, and they were going to finally open it up and and zing it all over the place, and it's like no, they're not. No, why would they do that? Why every? You know what? I'll tell you this, Gordon. Every person we asked about what it's like to play Utah at Pac-12 Media Day, what do you what do you think their response was? Physical. Yes. Like a fight, like a fist fight. Stanford, uh, KJ Costello, he said, S- Utah is the most is the team in the conference that's most like us. I, I heard David Shaw say that he's
2: so th- glad that they don't have to play- Stanford doesn't have to play the Utes this year.
1: So don't bring in some cute offense that relies on on. Touch and timing, and and you are, fast you are, play. You, you,
2: you make fun of everyone. Used to, you, I mean, when we talked about this with USC, you said, "Oh, it's ridiculous that they do that." It is ridiculous. It's not. It man, is if it works, so ridiculous. you
1: find what works, and then you do it. Right, and what works with, at USC is exactly no, what Pete Carroll no. did. And what works at Utah is what Kyle Whittingham does. You, you take that culture are, and you play into it. There are
2: different ways to skin a cat if you want to skin a cat. Now, I don't know, again, I don't know why you want to skin a cat. I don't know why anybody wants to do that, but I, I, I'll have no, I have no problem if Tyler Huntley gets to throw the ball some of the time. I mean, you want to just hand off to the running. You want the run game all day long, um, and, I, and I don't think it has to be that way, but if you have something going on and you have a running back like him, you certainly can't use him as a decoy.
1: Okay, I'll, uh, like uh, years ago when Utah played Arizona State and Coach Whittingham told Dave Christensen, said, I don't want to see another pass in the air. You remember that? And Utah squandered a lead and Arizona State won because they refused to pass it because Witt didn't want to turn it over. That That is to the extreme. So I, that's not, not what only I... That. You've got to, A quarterback's going to have to make plays.
2: But not, not only
1: that, but it got to the point where... Where,
2: I mean, quarterbacks at Utah have been afraid to make a mistake to the point where it absolutely uh, just sort of jackknifed the offense at times. And you can't have that kind of – coach can't do that to your quarterback. you got to build him up and let him feel confident in his abilities. And sometimes uh, I think a mistake is worth it if it's going to open things up for you. Uh, But I I, I understand what you're saying. I'm just not saying it quite as categorically as you are, that it has to be a run team all the time. I I don't think that's
1: necessary. I'd like to see an offense like uh, Coach Ludd did at Wisconsin. Maybe not exactly like it, but when Melvin Gordon was playing pretty well for the Badgers, I'd like to see something along those lines. All right. I mean, we'll see. I just
2: don't think... A coordinator needs to be painted into a corner that, okay, these these are your boundaries and you can't go. I say go ahead and draw outside the lines if you need to, if you feel like that's what's going to Isn't work. Isn't
1: that exactly what got Coach Ludwig in trouble at the when he was first at Utah?
2: You mean when he had an undefeated season as an offensive coordinator yeah, and the Utes were yeah. uh, unbeaten the entire year? I more meant like a reverse in the red zone on third and two. Yeah, but again, now you're going extremes here. Well, you I mean, just said— There's you know. a time and a place for everything. I mean, but just because you say you don't want a reverse in the red zone like that— What was that, like on the three-yard line yeah, or something? something
1: there where you just went, oh, that's it. But,
2: but that's because a- of that, you don't just say, all right, then there will be no, no creativity to the offense at all because of that. No, Jake— you got can't think that way.
1: I just like them to. I think we agree that we just like them to highlight their all-conference players, especially their all-conference running back. How about this? That doesn't seem that controversial. Call the will work. Well, how how over general is that? It's I no mean, more general than what you just said. To run the ball. You just said call the place at work. Well, you you can not just say run the ball. What the hell does that mean? Run the ball. Okay.
2: That means, okay, first time, when the youths first take the field, you know, hand the ball off, hand the ball off, hand the ball off, hand the ball off, hand the ball off. Oh, he threw it. What? Now, what? These lovely thinking.
1: No, no, no. I It's going to be you. No, no, no. I want to see them run the ball 65% of the time, like Zach Moss said. That sounds like a really good number to me. How about 60 Fine, whatever. All about right. 60, and that's still About forty percent Point eight.
2: Well, I mean, you got to let some air into the offense. Will you? No, don't.
1: How oh. you pound that you ball,
2: the, man? Uh, I got Woody Hayes over here. All of a sudden, you, three yards in a cloud of dust.
1: You pound that ball. You let that defense rest as much as they can, and then let them <laughs> go out there and, and
2: uh, crack some skulls. You are so unimaginative. I mean, did someone like uh,
1: put a crimp in your creativity as a child? Well, I've just I've been covering Utah football for a long time, and I've seen what works and what doesn't. <laughs> I mean, even when they had Alex Smith, Gordon, they were they were given uh, his first year in 03, They were given Brandon Warfield the ball a ton, yeah, yeah, and I got no problem. And with then that. you know Quinton Ganther, Marty Johnson was mixed in there. I mean, those, that, but those... He, had, he had some nice pass plays too. He um, did. Yeah. But what was that offense built on? It was built well, on running the football. It was built on running the football and passing the football. It was not. It that was, was a run offense. And
2: the heck does that even mean, a run offense? I mean, what percentage does it have to be
1: to be I a run that, offense? I bet if we went back and did the math, or Mike Sanford's offenses under Urban Meyer, I bet they ran the ball pretty close. Well, to, well that's because Alex Smith
2: was running it 12 times a game.
1: I bet they were running the ball 60% of the time.
2: Yeah, and I, I would have no problem with that. But that's still leaving 40%.
1: flinging the ball around the yard. All right. uh, We'll have more coming up next. More impressions from Pac-12 Media Day coming up next. Don't forget, Frank Dolce joins us at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Also, the Jazz are going to officially introduce some players uh, coming up tomorrow. We'll talk about that as well. Stay tuned. It is the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
0: This is DJ and PK. Zach Wilson.
1: You're a confident kid, but it's not like everybody and their dog was after you. you still have that attitude that you got to prove yourself? I always wear the prove-them-wrong wristbands just because, you know, I've been doubted my whole life. People are always like, this kid's not that good. He can't make it at BYU. He's going to get to BYU. He's not going to play. So-and-so's going to get there. Oh, He's not going to be one of the best quarterbacks around. And so it's just that prove-them-wrong mentality. I mean, I have no problem coming in as the underdog. I have nothing to prove, and no one expects anything from me, so that's the best time to swoop in and steal the show and hopefully prove people wrong.
0: DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
1: It's Jake Scott 97.5, 1280 the zone, broadcasting from the plaza right up front of Vivint Smart Home Arena. We're hanging out with our friends at the team store. It's their sidewalk sale. They have all sorts of great stuff. If you're looking for some jazz gear at great prices, this is your place. Pricing up to 80% off items, including $5 shirts, $8 hats, and much, much more. Your opportunity to get great jazz gear at great prices and uh, say hello to Gordon. Come on by and see us uh, down here right in front of Vivint Smart Home Arena. Let's get to uh, some other takeaways from Pac-12 Media Day, Gordon. And uh, let's start off with something that uh, you wrote about. There's a column up, sltrib.com, about something we speculated about, Gordon. I didn't think it was all that realistic, and apparently it is.
2: Game game times? Kickoff times? Uh, Yeah, uh, that's something that Larry Scott mentioned, that uh, 9 o'clock Pacific Time games in the Pac-12 might be a reality. The Pac-12 thinks that uh, not enough eyeballs back east are seeing their games. Highlights uh, aren't being shown all day long. And uh, want to uh, move some games to the morning. Now, here's here's my thing on it. I don't like it, uh, but I hate the late games too, as you know. And not just because of inconvenience for all of us, but inconvenience for the fans. And I I understand the realities of modern sports. I know that it's about the money. I know that that's what what drives everything. But it's too bad that the the paying customers, the people that go to the stadium and are actually in the building to support your team, that those are the people who are thought of last sometimes. And uh, I think that's the case in these situations. Kickoff at 9 o'clock at night, kickoff at 9
1: a.m. in the morning, neither one is ideal. Whatever happened to an afternoon game? Well, we're beholding the TV windows, of course, and we've talked uh, about that at great length, and it's particularly bad for this time zone because a 9 o'clock game is an 8 o'clock game in the Pacific. I mean, it's an hour, but it that's a fairly big deal. An 8 o'clock game is a 7 o'clock game, you know? And for us, we get lumped in with the West Coast even though we're an hour later, and it it's particularly disadvantageous for us. However, I totally agree with you. I'd rather see a more in that morning slot than in the late the late night slot. And it would be ten AM for us, which was obviously better than the nine AM Pacific. And and because of that, I think we're gonna see them experiment with this and I think Utah and Colorado are gonna be the two teams that they experiment with. So I would not be surprised to see Utah get at least a game where they're in that morning time slot. And I you know, Gordon you you start the game at ten. You're done by two at the latest. It's not bad. No, better I mean than starting at eight and being it, done. It's at still midnight. not as
2: good as a one o'clock. Gig.
1: It's not, but that's not going to happen no. because of of where they they're located geographically, and you can't start uh, an East Coast game at 10 p.m. You just can't. I do agree that uh, 10 in the morning is better than eight at night.
2: Uh, eight at night is a joke. But I don't like this either. And I, it's like the tail wagging the dog. TV and the money that comes with it, which is really what it is,
1: is, uh, is everyone's priority now. I agree, but that's never going to change. I mean, I, I agree with your sentiment wholeheartedly. I want to see a noon game, 100%. I mean, I know when Utah, or excuse me, BYU plays those BYU TV games, the opponent usually isn't all that terrific, but the game time is sweet. How about, though, how effective will it
2: really be? As far as exposure, because that's what they're really going for. They're trying to get the games in front of voters. Uh, And uh, a lot of times, uh, we've talked about this, where people whose job it is to evaluate programs aren't even watching football anymore on Saturday night by the time the Pac-12 games roll around. And they're trying to get those eyeballs back east on... Their games on their their teams, and I can understand why institutionally that would be an advantage for the conference. I just don't think it's an advantage for the fan, and that those are the people that I'm speaking to on these situations. But I would take t- ten in the morning before nine at night. I, I mean, think, but but neither one of them. Come on, I just don't like it, and I guess I can, I can just
1: bark at the moon if I want. I think you hit an, an interesting slash important point that uh, the highlights run all day. And they have all those highlight shows and halftime shows and all that sort of thing to fill with what's going on, what's happened earlier in the day. And then social media, you get those clips and those highlights and everything out on social media, and, and people can consume it. I mean, when your game ends at 2 a.m. Eastern, you know nobody's even on social media to watch those highlights you know and then by the time sunday rolls around that part of the country has moved on to the nfl so i I do think there's some value in that i think you make an interesting what about players
2: let's say there is a nine o'clock kick uh and a team on the west coast has to do that
1: those players got to get up what at four in the morning they I, i bet coaches like it more than the late start i don't know about players Because you and I both know, we've talked to enough coaches, we both know they hate sitting around waiting for an 8-3 kick. Because they have to keep their players, uh, you know, focused and on task and and entertained for the entire day to get them in the right spot for the game. As opposed to, I think they'd prefer like a noon start where they can just get them up, get them through the routine and get them going. As opposed to, all right, guys, hurry up and wait, you know. But think about fans who have to travel four or five hours to get to a game. Yeah, that's tough. And and think about the poor fans that have got to get themselves lubricated before a, a yeah. 10 a.m. kickoff. Yeah, there's you that know? too. They've got to be taking Jaeger shots at 7 o'clock in the morning, and we've got to think about those fans. But I'd still prefer that to the late start. I mentioned in that
2: column how attendance at college football games is is declining. It's, it's, it's descending. It's on a steady kind of descent. And uh, Pat Fitzgerald, the coach of Northwestern, blame that on the technology craze that's going on with younger fans these days that they'd rather watch on tv that they'd rather watch on their phone or they never take their eyes off their phone i agree with him that society would be better if there was a greater emphasis on living in the moment Rather than recording something so you can post it on Instagram or some such like that, I get that. I agree with him in that regard. But I think there's a whole lot of reasons beyond technology that's costing attendance at games, uh, and and you know not to mention the price of it, the hassle of it, and and the fact that uh, when when Larry Scott is talking about doing this kind of thing. Who is he? Do- it is advantageous to the fan that stays home and watches on TV. Can watch the freaking game in his pajamas and his robe if he wants to.
1: Yep. Yeah. no, it's it's one hundred percent true. Part of the problem, though, Gordon, and this doesn't. Well, I guess it does have to do with technology, not necessarily social media. But football is better to watch on TV than it is in person. When you take out all the other rigmarole that makes watching football great in person—the tailgating, the the, the cheering. Um, you know the the camaraderie with your fellow fan when you take all that stuff all out of it and just surely consuming the product of football watching the game of football it's far better on tv than it is in person well, that's just d- a
2: fact and during the tv timeouts when uh when you're at the game you're sitting there twiddling your thumbs Going, and what are home, we doing you just walk in grab something out of the fridge come back park yourself and you're ready to go again. Right. or you record it and
1: buzz through it quick which I do all the time with my friends. If if I have friends over to watch a, a game, say we're watching the, the national championship or something like that. You start that, an hour late. We start 45 minutes to an hour late because yeah. we just buzz through everything. You know, you, you have everybody turn off their social media and mm-hmm. you start the game 45 minutes late. And There's
2: always someone who's got that phone on and next thing you know, they it comes out you got to be careful well that's when
1: there's consequences for that person like you smash their phone (laughs) and you make that you make that clear
2: going in these are jake's house rules anybody who pulls out the phone we smash we're
1: smashing that phone so unless you want to get your phone smashed then uh you should keep that bad boy in your pocket yep but i I, you know what i'm saying though like of course that's going to hurt in-person attendance because because they make it better to stay at home, better on TV. Now, I think those other things, real quick, do create a ton of value and make football unique. The the tailgating, the camaraderie, the band, uh, the in person, you know, making the stadium loud, having an impact on the game, all those sorts of things carry value, and I think that's why fans still go. But if you want to look at the at the black and white, if you compare the pro the product, watching a game in person, watching on TV, football more than any other sport, it's far better on television. It's it was made for tv there are things
2: that are more difficult like you can't see which the receivers who are open on plays because the camera's on the quarterback or something along those lines and a lot of people do like to like to be there you know say they're there and uh and, and take part in all the good stuff that uh is available it's just that it comes at a cost
1: all right, we'll get more takeaways from Pac 12 Media Day coming up right around the corner. Frank Dolce is going to be on with us at the top of the 4 o'clock hour as well. We want to remind you Ute Conference Football 14 U Division will allow players the full high school experience, high school rules, unlimited weights, real football. If you're tired of rec league competition, sign up today, uteconferencefootball.org. Let's compete play. Broadcasting live from the Plaza in front of Vivint Smart Home Arena. We're hanging out for the sidewalk sale for the Jazz Team Store. Come by, get great deals on Jazz apparel. We'll have more straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone.
0: This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton?
1: If Kyle knows his guys hold themselves to the standard, which is why they took a great jump from six and six to nine and three last year and playing for a Rose Bowl appearance, then there's a couple little things that you got to throw in there, but you don't have to, you know, think that it has to be overly emphasized all the time. And we look, we are the number one pick, and we gotta live up to it. No, just that's what that is. Here's how we make that dream a reality.
3: Yeah, we got to this number one ranking by doing what we do. Yeah. They're voting us number one based on what we've done to this point, so why change what we've done to this point? It's that easy. Totally. There's no need to sit around and talk about it and go, hey, did you see the rankings? Do you think we're really number one? Yeah.
0: Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in The Zone Sports Network. If you're what
1: when you say you'll have more impressions from pac-12 media day do you mean impressions such as Hello!
3: jake scott you are the man you are upbeat good afternoon how you doing people want to talk to you people want to listen to you how are you this fine day you go ahead and let all those guys bag on you about
1: mr happy go lucky coach it's great to see you how are you that's why we love you man yeah, there's a listener that uh, your people. Uh, that is that. There's a good listener right there. That first guy, not so much, but that second guy, thank you, thank you for uplifting my day. I'm back to my positive, excited self thanks to that listener. Thank you very much. So he uh,
2: stoked the fire, and now you want to be even more positive. It's
1: just a reminder that there are people out like there or like there out there like me that have a a. Bright perspective on this world that can get excited about things and not be afraid to show that excitement. Where do you think you
2: draw that line? Where, how many people do you think are positive upbeat people and how many do you think are like Lloyd?
1: I'd like to think most people out there are positive upbeat well, people. Well most like how what? I don't know. Six out of ten? You think? Or how about sixty five percent, just like how much Utah should run the ball this year? <laughs> according to Zach Moss.
2: Austin, awesome. what do you think? You think 65% of the people
3: out there are optimists? Not in the world I live in, no. Maybe <laughs> six of the like? people.
1: <sighs> uh, I'd like to think most
3: funny. people You've out there You've driven are on are our positive. roadways, correct? Oh, by Not the way. Not a lot of hellos on w- and uh, how are yous?
2: Oh, on the way in here today, can the folks who are lefties,
1: who love to hang in the left lane... Get out of the way. I mean, some people are trying to fly past at 105 miles an hour.
2: Well, it's a law. Because some people think I'm going the speed limit. I am not moving. I'm just I'm staying right here. I am camped in this lane. No. The law is get the heck over. That's one thing Germans do really well, by the way. If you're in that Make left lane Make expensive cars? No, if you're in that left lane, man, you get out of the way when someone comes up behind you. Come on, you tell. We're better than this.
1: How fast were you going? I don't know. I might have been creeping up a little bit, but not that much. I drive slow, but I do try to make it a point to drive in the right lane. Yeah, you do. You move over. I try to stay over. I figure that's only polite. And a person like me who's very positive and likes to, you know, get along with folks, I just move over to the right lane. Uh, so, so, of all your impressions at Pac-12 Media
2: Day, what's something that, that might have been missed or something that you observed with your own eyes or some conclusion that you came to that our listeners might not be aware of? You were there for
1: the whole thing. What thing stood out there? Okay. Because hmm. there, there was a lot. I'll, t- I'll tell you my biggest surprise. Was anybody drunk? No, I don't think so. I think anybody stoned? No, I don't think so. All right. I think everybody was was in a good place, not impaired, so to speak. Okay. Um. Okay. So I told you uh, before I went down there that the person that did not like it the most, it was obviously that they they did not care for media day. Was Chip Kelly. Yeah. Pretty amazing what a good old humbling three win season will do for you, huh? Oh, suddenly he was. Uh, he wanted to talk, huh? He might have been my favorite interview of the whole day. We had to we had to pry the headset off of him. I mean, he was yeah, he was chip, having Chipster. He was having a good time. He was yucking it up. Uh he was he was fixing media day. He was like, "You know, it, it comes right down to this. We could do this a lot more efficiently, you know?" He's like, I don't know. He was he was in a really good place. So I got I got uh, I got a name for that that interview. Chip happens. it it did happen i guess that that is accurate that the interview surprised you though huh did surprise me i and listen it we see this all the time right when when things are going well and you're winning and you're on top of the world you feel like you don't need anybody else and nobody else really matters you all of a sudden you, you struggle a little bit you realize it's you're not going to just step right back into college football and take the mantle back, and all of a sudden you come back the next media day. <laughs> Guys! <laughs> man, it's good to see you. How's it going? I he, mean, either
2: that or he thinks he's going to have a really good team. What's up, man? How a, are you?
1: In a better, exactly. In a mood. I wouldn't have expected that from Chip Kelly. I'll so tell you. 35 times Jake was all, speaking of being chipper. I was very yeah. chipper. For 34 out of the 35 interviews. Everything but Herm Edwards? Oh, man, we were...
2: That wasn't bad, though. It's not like you were dragging. No. You you hit hit it
1: all right. It was a long day, though, and he happened to be our last interview. The, The Arizona State guys were basically our last group. So PK had to wait all day to talk to his Sun Devils. Can we hear those 35 high hours? No, we don't need to do that. Do we really need to do that? We did it at the end of Scotty and Hans. It
2: put put everybody in a good mood. It did
1: not put everybody in a good mood. Yes, I mean, they feel upbeat all of a sudden. I'm not going to say it put everybody in a good mood because it didn't put me in a good mood. (laughs) And we had that listener on the open mic who put me back into a good mood, (laughs) and now you want to ruin that. Uh,
2: We'll get to it. We'll play it again.
1: Frank Dolce is going to join the show. Coming up next uh, at the top of the 4 o'clock hour, we want to remind you also to tune in to the Tour of Utah podcast on 1280thezone.com. Podcla- a podcast includes how to train for the summer of cycling and where best to see the upcoming Tour of Utah race. We're uh, broadcasting live on the Plaza right outside of Vivint Smart Home Arena. It's the sidewalk sale for the Utah Jazz Team Store. If you want to load up on jazz gear, now is the time. And I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll give people a little secret. Um... Maybe you're worried about parking or something like that downtown. There's a 15-minute parking section on the side of 300 West that is, what, Gordon, like 25 feet away from where we're sitting right now. Yes. You can park there, dart in. Grab your stuff and get right back to your car. So don't worry about having to park, you know, over at City Creek or something and walk down. It's it's just right here. Yeah, it's convenient and all the stuff is right here, like you said, and great deals. All right, we'll have more straight ahead. Frank Dolce joins us next, 975
0: and 1280 the zone. Three, two, one, one, one. The countdown is back on the Zone Sports Network. It's the fifth annual college football top sixty and sixty.